A question I have for you today is, when the weight of the world becomes too heavy, who's there to spot you? And please take out your sermon notes and you can fill in the blanks as we move through this this morning. Paul's speaking to the unlimited power of Jesus to lift any burden off our shoulders today. So we're going to look at this passage and we're going to break it into two categories. Number one, in Him. And number two, with Him. So let's say it together. Number one, in Him. And number two, with Him. Now, there are those that will tell you that when it comes to your salvation, when it comes to spiritual things, it is all about Jesus. I agree with that. But there are also parts where we have to respond. Where we have to pursue. It doesn't say all those who sit down in their barca lounger, to them will be given the kingdom of heaven. Right? I don't know that verse. It says, you who seek the kingdom of heaven. So that there's a parallel here. But I think sometimes we get that out of whack, don't we? That we live in a world that tells you, tells me, that we need to make things happen. And spiritually, we try to load ourselves up with way too much weight. We try to load ourselves up with way too much weight. And I think you're going to like what the Scripture reveals to you today. Because when it comes to carrying the burdens of the world and growing spiritually and growing in our affection and understanding of God and and receiving the blessings and the promise of Jesus Christ, it's in Him and it's with Him. And Paul makes this point today. Now one of the reasons he makes this point and he goes to town over it is because... There is a heretical teaching that's starting to get into the church at Colossae. And it's about the fact that only a few elite people can truly understand this. It's about the fact that that, uh, it is through yourself, it is not through uh, the mystery of Christ, that you can be good, that you can accomplish good things, that you can be righteous, that you can attain to heaven. Paul is addressing that heresy by saying it is through Christ that you are able to lift and do heavy lifting. So let's look at it this morning. So number one, we read the passage and let's just start right away. It starts with this idea of in Him. In Him the fullness of deity dwells. And Paul is speaking again to the fact that Jesus Christ the man God who was on earth, who had a ministry, who walked amongst men, the full deity of God was in him. Let's not mess with the kenosis. Let's look at Jesus for who he is. I would never have Jim Stoy, and if you all know Jim Stoy, you can tell him I threw him under the bus this morning uh, for all he did my freshman year of P.E., Um, I will never have Jim Stoy spot me for lifting weights ever again. But I can tell you that I will always lean on Jesus Christ to do my heavy lifting. Because He has never failed to put that pin back in. And provide a secure base for me when it became too much. Do you understand what Paul's trying to say? In Him the fullness of deity dwells. The fullness of God dwells. So when we lean on Him, you lean on the greatest strength that exists. You lean on the strength that's bigger, that it's greater than yourself. Two, or actually the point that I want you to grab from this, and you can write this into your notes, is Jesus is not lacking in His power or His authority. Amen? Oh, we do a great job of... Well, that was a quasi-great job of saying amen. 
Uh, but, but, you know, we're, we're pretty fast with that stuff, especially if I say amen, then you like, you like parrots. Yes, amen, okay, pastor. Thank you. You can always count on Damien, man. Do you really live this way? Do I really live this way? At the end of today's sermon, I'm going to give you some practical stuff to fill in the blank. And I want you to go back over these notes later, and I want you to seriously consider whatever those things are. The 5-pound weight, the 10-pound weight, the 45-pound the, the weight that you're trying to carry around. Do you really believe Jesus has the power and authority? Because I'm going to say this over and over and over. Your takeaway today is, do you trust your spotter? Second, you have been filled in Him. Wow. Have you ever gone somewhere, like a special event, and they give you small portions of food? I hate those events. Right? Like, okay, you, you go somewhere and, and they, you, they're serving like a, this great drink or something and they, you know, fill the glass that much. So what are you doing? Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All the way. There you go. Right to the top. I want to live a life that's full, obviously. I want to live a life that's full. Do you? Or do you want to always go around feeling wanting or, or just, it just wasn't, Enough. It wasn't. And see, this is what Paul's saying. Is it in Christ? You have been filled. Have you ever met somebody who had all the opportunity in the world, all the talent, all the giftedness, and yet they just refused to use it? It's almost like they were in denial of the fact that they had it. And their life suffered because of it. I think this is the picture of believers who don't recognize this issue. So I want you to take this away today. Jesus, not empty philosophy, supplies all our needs. Can I get a... We're going to do a lot of creativity ways to do that. You have been filled in Him. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have been filled in Him. Now, I think a lot of believers don't look at their day that way. We fill our lives with a bunch of other things. And by the way, that's necessary, isn't it? We have to work. We have to take care of family. We have to do all those things. But if I truly see myself as filled in Him, then measure how am I making decisions? How am I applying uh, my time management? How am I working this out in my relationships? How is all that working Three, in Him you were also circumcised. Now, just relax. It's a G-rated film here. In Him you were also circumcised. Let me explain what this means. He's talking to a a, a Jewish group. And the, the history of the Jews was that they were set apart. They were marked through circumcision. The symbol of circumcision was a defining mark that they were set aside to Jehovah God. That goes all the way back to the Israelites in, in, in Deuteronomy and Exodus and all that. Now what he's saying is that it's not through some physical symbol that you do that. It's not like a tattoo. That's, that would be our modern day version, right? We throw a tattoo on of a cross 
or verse on ourselves, and I'm not going to get into whether or not that's, that's God's will or not God's will. But what he's saying here is pretty simple. In Him. What does in Him look like? Is it marking my body? So that people can see that, hey, I identify this way. That in and of itself isn't necessarily a, a, a bad thing. But Paul's saying it's unnecessary now. He's saying because of the Holy Spirit, because you have been filled in Him, guess what the mark is? It's Him. It's Him. Working Himself out through you. Shining His light through you. So it's unnecessary to mark your body to make some proclamation. Guess what? You want to mark yourself with a, with a tattoo about Jesus or a verse. Live that first and then mark yourself. Okay? Because it's going to be much more powerful. Anybody can lift that weight. Anybody can put a tattoo on themselves to say, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. But it is the person that leans on Jesus Christ that will have the power to do the heavy lifting. Well, that's, this is fun. This is getting fun now. So, in Him you were also circumcised. Jesus provided a way to be free and to be set apart. Let's go to the with Hymns. Alright? And by the way, in case you're wondering, we're working through verse by verse. Every time we see in Him or with Him, we're marking that as our point of, of teaching and, and exposition this morning. So again, who's doing the heavy lifting? It should be Christ. So... In Him I have this strength. In Him I have this power. But let's look at this concept of with Him. What has been done and what can I continue to do? Let's start with this. We were buried with Him in baptism. Let me give a brief picture of what baptism is because Paul doesn't necessarily explain it. He just speaks to it. The baptism, believer's baptism that Paul's talking about, he, he talks about it in Romans 6, he talks about it here, he talks about it in Galatians, other places, that it's symbolic, right? Okay. If uh, I got any Warriors fans in the room today, all right. So Rich just did a oh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> all right. So last night, Andre Iguodala, like three seconds left. Unbelievable game. They're playing the, one of the worst teams in the entire NBA. And they're the best team in the NBA. They could not get ahead of this team to save their life. And there's this huge drama. It's a timeout. They're making all these plans. And they're saying they're going to go after Curry. And it's all about Curry. And they throw the ball. And there's all this dispute about you should just foul him. right? And they should have fouled Iguodala, Okay, They just should have done it. right? But they didn't. And he sinks a three with half a second on the clock to tie the game. And they went on to overtime to win. Watch what I'm going to do with my fellow Warrior friend. Right? This right here, I do that to somebody, does that mean I just put out a death warrant on Luke? Does that mean that Luke owes me money? I don't know, do you owe me money? What does that mean when I high-five somebody? Right? We're like simpatico on something, man. We're rejoicing. You don't high-five somebody like, oh, my dog died. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to get personal there. You don't high-five somebody over something said. It means something. There are those things that we do that we participate in, and that's baptism. Okay? That was a really weird way to explain baptism. 
But folks, seriously, just to get it in simplest terms, you come to faith in Jesus Christ. And what follows is an outward confession and testimony to your family, your friends, the world, that you identify with Christ. And Christ set that up by demonstrating His faithfulness and His obedience through baptism. Now, what Paul is saying here is that baptism, and he's going to get pretty deep here, that baptism has a symbolism to it. Just like the high five has a symbolism. Jesus went down in the water. You and I go down in the water. We submerge. And let me give you the fill in the blank here. Alright? If we're buried with Him in baptism, what does this mean? Jesus, to sin... Sorry, that should say took. Jesus took sin to the grave. We symbolically testify during baptism by submerging down into the water. We are identifying. Why do we do full immersion? We do full immersion because, number one, Christ did. But also it's this idea that to sin and death, you take that old self, right? There's no necessary conversion or power. You've already made that step of faith, but you're letting everybody know through a high five of baptism, right? That through this symbolism, you're going down to the old self. You're killing the old. The old self is going into the grave. You're making that testimony, then through God's power, through Christ's power, that that's happening. Then what happens next? Well, if with Him, Paul says, we're buried, there's your hope. Why is he talking about baptism? What is your burden? What is your heavy lifting? Because I'll tell you, it, it's not going to match up to eternal life. Right? There's just no way it's going to match up to the gravitas of eternal life. But let's move off of eternal life. Let's try to get into the practicum of day in, day out. Do we really believe that Jesus has the power? Because we read it, Paul says, in Him is the power and the authority to do the heavy lifting. So, here's my challenge to you. I think some of the heavy lifting we do day in, day out is completely unnecessary. It's all connected to the old self. It's all connected to the sin. And we, we heap that heavy lifting on ourselves because we see ourselves pre-cross, pre-Christ. We start putting on the old self again. We refuse to bury the old self. And that's the symbolism of baptism. And that's what Paul is saying here is that the old self is buried. Bury him. Don't exhume the old self. Because here's what happens. It's the second part. Now, if I'm baptizing you, and I don't bring you up, I'm fired. Okay? So far, I haven't done that. There's the beautiful thing about baptism. We always bring you back up. And if we hold you down a little bit longer, then you truly feel the joy of resurrection. <laughs> We're raised through Him. We're raised with Him through faith. So Paul's trying to help you understand this. That you've got to bury that old self just like Christ did. That old self has to be done. It has to be dead. Don't heap unnecessary weight on yourself that you don't need to carry around. 
And then he says it is through him. It's with him. It's with him, right? It's with him through faith that we are raised a new person. If this morning you have not tasted of what it means to be that new person yet, I want to encourage you. Please, 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 do not base what we're describing, what Paul is describing, off of people that you see in this room. Do not base it off of this pastor. You never based buying your car off of how a 12-year-old would drive it. Am I right? There's one flaw with looking at and judging who Jesus is and the power of salvation through other people and evaluating it through other people. It's that we're all walking idiots. Because we're weak. We can't carry the heavy lifting and we struggle. We're doing, we constantly do exactly what Paul's talking about. We resurrect the old man and we start carrying it, the heavy, unnecessary burdens of life. Why? Because we weren't doing it in Him. We weren't doing it with Him. And my encouragement to you is this. Don't, don't let that create a hesitation in you. Just be impressed with Christ. Just be impressed with Christ. And if this morning that message is speaking to your heart, I encourage you, don't wait. Act on it. In faith. It says in faith. We are raised. Nobody who claims Jesus as Lord and Savior claims to be perfect. But they can claim salvation and they can claim eternal life with Him and through Him and can claim a progression of growth. We're getting there. We're made alive together with Him. I don't know how you feel, but this is the highlight right now of my week. I feel alive. I feel very alive. There were times this week where I was studying in my office and I didn't feel alive. I actually fell asleep. Right? There were times where I got home and I didn't feel very alive. My dog punched me in the face during that Iguodala shot. I felt very alive and so did he. But there are times where we don't feel alive. This is not one of those moments. Why do I feel so alive, encouraged, and lifted up right now? Because I'm with the body of Christ. And because God can do something incredibly supernatural right now that I could never, ever be part of. You see, I'm not a salesman. I'm just a commercial. So when we're talking about being made alive together with Him, look, I like you guys, but don't invite me over to your Canasta Club. Okay? Don't invite me over for your... your Pinterest group or you know whatever it is I'm not interested but invite me over to pray invite me over to encourage invite me to the Thanksgiving dinner tonight where we will gather and celebrate and hear incredible testimonies of what God has done in his faithfulness I'm there why because I'm made alive with him I want to be in those places I want to be here with you every Sunday because I'm made alive with Him and you. So Jesus lifts us out of our helpless spiritual state by canceling the record of debt. I don't know if you saw that. That He actually cancels your record of debt. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. My wife is just going to shudder. Alan, you can shut off the recording. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, of course, I may be in jail tomorrow, but we had a men's retreat this past year. I've got to remember why. Okay, now I remember why I'm, I'm making this point. See, this is why we go long. This moment right here, young adults, it's this moment. We were at a men's retreat at Hume. Great retreat. And it's a fisherman's retreat. And we stopped at Bass Pro Shop. I got my license. I can show it to you. Got my license. It was in a bag in the back of the car. There's like five of us in my car. And we unloaded the night before. And I guess my bag got pulled into the house. I didn't know it. I go to the other side of the lake. That next morning, we're kind of scouting it. We're on radios. And, you know, Roger that. And all that kind of man stuff. And, and Gary is, uh, you know, Gary's just being Gary. And that, like, overswelled the manliness in the, in the entire camp. And... Uh, so I'm standing there with like five of the guys of the church. Actually, there was nobody. I was, I was scouting it, and I caught like three fish right away. And there's a new thing with fishing licenses. They don't have to be on you. They just have to be with you. They can be in the car. So I got out. All I was going to do is throw in the line a couple times, see if there was anything, and then I'd be like, okay, we'll come back here later. So I didn't grab my stuff because the law allows for that. So I'm standing there, and sure enough, a guy walks up. I have been fishing for 32 years. I have never had a warden walk up to me. And I'm standing there. Now, remember, this is all about him canceling that record of debt. Okay? It applies. I'm standing there, and this guy picks up a conversation with him. You know how you know a warden? Because they don't flash their badge. They just pick up a nice little conversation with you. And then, you know, can I see your license? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I just confidently go up to my car, and I open the back, and I'm looking for this, this bag from Bass Pro Shops, and I keep looking, and I keep looking, and I'm like, where did it go? And it had... I didn't realize it got taken out of the back of the car and put in the cabin. All the while I thought, and so I'm standing there, and now Bruce walks up, Scott and Gary walk up, and other guys walk up, and here's the pastor of the church getting written up by the warden for illegal fishing. Oh, no, it gets better. Because then he told me, no, you can just call on this. It's going to be like a $25 fine. Because I said, man, I live all the way in San Francisco. I'm going to have to come to Fresno. That's bad. Sorry, Brad. But that's bad enough just going to Fresno. And so he says, no, you can probably just call. Over a a, a two-month period, I called like three, four times. I was on hold for an hour and a half one time. No response. So I'm like, fine. I'll just take a day off of work. I'll drive all the way to Fresno. And I'll go and I'll just pay the $25 and be done with it. I get to the window and she's looking and she goes, she says, um, you're late. I said, what do you mean I'm late? It said be here today. It's, I'm here. She said, no, you had to be here at 8.30 this morning to go to court. I said, I don't want to go to court. I just want to pay the $25 and be done with this. And she says, no, you don't get it. There's a warrant out for your arrest. And I'm standing there and I'm saying, you're joking with me, right? Here is my fishing license. I bought the thing. And now you're telling me there's a warrant out for my arrest. What kind of dangerous felon am I? I would love for Jesus to erase that record of debt. Now, obviously, I'm being sarcastic and very vulnerable. But folks, how much more important is this when it comes to eternal life? Right? That with Him, that record of debt is nailed to the cross. 
It's done. It's finished. Man. I just want a stupid fishing violation canceled. Who does your heavy lifting? You see, with him, Paul says, he set our conviction aside. Jesus commutes our sentence of spiritual death by nailing every weakness and sin to the cross where it was canceled out. If there's one thing I can impress you with today, one thing that should drive your growth, your pursuit of Jesus Christ, it is this point. What if you could walk away from the greatest debt you've ever owed? And there's no cheating. There's no cheating. This is the the highest and greatest day of emancipation you could possibly imagine. Well, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. Did you catch that at the end? Now, there's a lot of dispute what this means. It could be... It could be demons, angels. It could be uh, uh, governments. It could be that lady at the counter in Fresno Superior Court. Jesus, please disarm them. Um, But it says that he disarmed the rulers and authorities. And so what's that mean to you and I? That Jesus triumphs over those things, those teens. Jesus triumphs over those things that seek to rule over us for destruction. So I have some very simple questions for you this morning. If that is true, who's doing the heavy lifting? Who's doing the heavy lifting? I know that in concept, we're supposed to say Jesus. But my question to you is, in your own life, who's doing the heavy lifting? Here's your, here's your key verse today. I thought You might have thought it was in Colossians, but Jesus says this. These are His words. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That was beautiful. Because I was about to say, for those of us that have heard that verse so many times, it's probably lost its luster. Can you trust your spotter? And by the way, he's not just a spotter. I'm just using that as a technique. When when it becomes too heavy for you to lift, it's Jesus taking your place. That's the visualization you need to hold on to. Here's some simple questions for you this morning. Where can Jesus spot you? Well, maybe you've got a five-pound weight going on. Maybe it's your time management. You're just frustrated with You just can't be organized enough and all those different things. You know what? For all you people that are helping with the Thanksgiving dinner tonight, just relax and remember Jesus is is with you, okay? Enjoy what you're doing tonight. Um, Let's say encouraging words to one another. But maybe just even in your own life, you just feel frustrated about just not having enough time and that kind of wears you down. It's kind of keeping you down. It's keeping you from growth. Turn to Jesus and reprioritize your time. Understand through Him you start to realize you can't do everything. And so what is it that you can do? And you start building margin into your life that has meaning and has purpose. And He gives you the freedom to let go of the things that you really can't have time for. But maybe you have some other five-pound weights. Fill in the blanks. What about a ten-pound weight? Ooh, anger issues maybe. Obviously, I have some towards the city of Fresno. 
Do you have anger issues or other 10-pound weights that you're carrying on your own and they're refusing to let you grow? Because you really haven't trusted that Jesus can take this weight upon Himself. But yet, Jesus says that He can. What about 25-pound weights? Many of us have fear issues. Fear drives us and drives us and drives us. 45-pound weights. For many of us, maybe that's addictions. Maybe we have a marriage that could be falling apart. Maybe finances. Maybe our faith is teetering. Maybe we feel like we don't know anything about what it means to be a parent. Let me leave you with this thought this morning. We fail to get stronger unless we face resistance. We fail to get stronger unless we face resistance. It's how we respond to the resistance that determines our growth. Can I encourage you, respond to that resistance by being in Him and with Him through all your heavy lifting. And I'm going to give you the key because the challenge this morning for you and I is, boy, that was all really good information. But when I go home today, Pastor, how do I do any of that? How do I do any of that? Two things. One, you make sure that you're walking with Christ. Two, you realize the fallacy of worrying about it, of manipulating it, or that you can handle it. And you start learn start to learn what God says about the life that He's laid out for you. And you start to drop that old self off. You bury the old self. In other words, don't give that old self room. And then you start lifting the right kind of weights. Lift the weights that are going to help you grow, not the ones that are going to break you down. Find that understanding and freedom in Christ and be who He wants you to be and let all those other things go. And you'll start to see Jesus do the heavy lifting. Because I know for many of us, depending on what weight stack we're holding up, we say, Pastor, I just don't really know how to do that. Start with prayer. Just start with prayer. And then pay attention. Pay real close attention like you've got 320 pounds on your back and it's starting to slide off. And you'll see Jesus show up. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close our time in prayer. But before I do, I want to give you the doxology. And as I do so, in my prayer, I'm going to pray over our offering today. If you've brought gifts, the boxes are in the back of the room. We look forward to seeing you tonight. Uh, you're in for some special testimonies. We're uh, joining with another church. I'm very excited about this. This is my best friend, Kelly Patchen. I've grown up with him since I was in ninth grade. Uh, we've been super close, and he pastors a church in Benicia. 
And you're going to hear from some of their people testimonies of faith. You're going to hear from some of our people testimonies of faith. And uh, it's going to be a great time of rejoicing tonight. So we look forward to it. And uh, let me dismiss us this morning by, uh, by giving you the doxology and then praying. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Father, I pray that our understanding of the heavy weights in our life the heavy lifting in our life, that God, You are the one that can carry that weight. There are some weights, Lord God, that we need to uh, have You help us understand we have no business lifting. That we need to pass those off. We need to drop those weights. We need to let go of those weights. For there's no growth in those. But Father God, where there is weight to be lifted, where there is... Uh, that growth where there is that resistance in our life, let us do it in Your Son and with Your Son so that we grow rather than get submerged. Be with Your people, Father. And if there is anybody that is seeking You this morning, speak to their heart that they would acknowledge that they struggle, that they were they have sin and that they need to confess and repent from that sin and place their faith and trust in Your Son, Jesus Christ, and they will be saved. We trust You in all things, God. To You be the glory forever and ever. Amen.